Hey everyone, I'm Renee Bennett. Consider me the girl next door, having conversations that will help challenge and shape your worldview in a culture that has turned our moral compass upside down and inside out. To chat with me further, come join me on social media, girlnextdoor.podcast. No topics are off limits. I'm really glad you're here. Now, on to today's episode. Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining me on another Parenthood episode today. I was driving home just a moment ago from work, and apparently there is this new show on Channel 9 called Parental Guidance, I think it was. Anyway, apparently it's all about parenting and what what is good parenting and what to do, what not to do. Um, and I think think it's by a couple of journalists that we probably recognize their names, one of them being Alison Langdon. I thought it might be a little bit fun to watch that. I used to years ago watch Super Nanny. Did anyone else watch Super Nanny? I'm telling you, guys, if you want to see some really good parenting in action, go and get yourselves on, I don't know if it's on YouTube anymore, and watch the Super Nanny. She is my kind of nanny. Uh, she, her, her, um, her style, she's not a parent, obviously. She used to come in to households where the parents were having a lot of difficulty with parenting and disciplining their children. And she would come in and, oh my gosh, within a week or two, she would have the problem fixed. It was amazing to watch. And the she would then leave the parent with all these strategies and come back later and see how they were going. And sometimes it was an epic fail because the parent couldn't keep it up. But at other times, it completely changed the family. I used to love watching her because I was pretty much like, yep, that's how I parent. Um, and it works. I've got so many topics running through my brain that I want to go through with you guys. But one of the, one of you parent, my parenthood listeners sent me a couple of different, um, um, uh, Instagram handles and posts on some of the parenting that's out there. Guys, I'm just mortified. Oh my gosh. The, the thing that gets me is all of these so-called experts, they've only actually got toddlers themselves. I'm like, oh, wow. Wow. I don't think I'll be listening to someone that's got a toddler telling me that it's part of my child's brain development to let my child scream until their child's grown up a little bit. Anyway, guys, I've got so much going through my brain and so many things I want to talk about. I want to talk about boys in school. I've had a few of you reach out to me about your sons. I want to talk about that. But anyway, I've started off on a rant today. Where we are going today is I want to give you 20 creative ways to manage behavior. Now, I wanted to just be a little bit light today. And if you've got a phone near you, if you're listening on your phone, I know a lot of you do things like you're driving or you're folding laundry or maybe you're out walking, but um, now I've put a few of these on my Instagram as a swipe left, but I'm going to give you 20 creative ways today and you might want to jot these down because they really are fun and some of them are going to make you laugh. But you know, you guys hear a lot of the serious side of me. You hear me talk about first time obedience and consequences and discipline uh, and discipling their moral hearts. And when I think of my parenting and raising my kids, um, yes, we focused on those things, but we also had an awful lot of fun, even when it came to correcting and disciplining and training. It doesn't have to be all serious. Now, it does depend 
on the situation and the age of your child, but it really can lighten the whole mood of your house to have a little bit of fun. You know, even when it comes to consequences, sometimes, you know, we don't know what kind to give or we don't know what kind of consequences to choose. And it doesn't always have to be serious. Sometimes something lighthearted can absolutely do the trick. And managing behavior in general, sometimes we get sick of hearing ourselves. We get sick of hearing ourselves say, no, don't do this. Stop. I'm warning you. And it can all just seem so serious. And we want to enjoy our kids, not endure them. And um, what I want to do is help you today by giving you some fun, creative strategies where you still get the results that you want but it leaves your household a joy to be in instead of a drag. And one of the reasons we can be a little bit lighthearted at times is because often our children are not actually being outright naughty, right? It's not like, oh my gosh, they've got this terrible bad behavior. Sometimes they're just being children. And I think I have talked about this before, but we need to ascertain the difference between, you know, when they really are doing something rebelliously, um, disobediently, disrespectfully from their heart and when they've just made a childhood mistake. And so these creative ways of managing behavior can be used for both, um, but probably particularly for when it's more training and correcting um, just normal kind of childhood behavior. Now, when I was reading up on this myself, it was actually an article that I first saw, which had 21 creative ways to, um, they were talking about consequences. And so that's kind of where I've spun this whole episode from, but I've added a lot of my own. And as I was reading this article, it actually jogged my memory and really did make me laugh. I remember some of the things Cameron and I would do with our kids to, you know, teach them different lessons. Um, but there's also some new ideas in here. So let's get started. Uh, just one thing to remember though, even when it comes to being a little bit more lighthearted with our guiding or our correcting, it still needs to be consistent as well as empathetic and creative. Okay. So we need to always be consistent and not be changing the goalposts. We need to have certain behavior that we expect and stick with it. Okay, here we go. Are you ready? Number one, if time out isn't working, try a time in. I wish I had known about this one with Liam. I reckon this would have worked a treat with Liam. So what you do, rather than just putting them in a time out, where they're like sitting on their bed doing nothing except thinking about what else they can get up to, send them to a designated spot where they have to complete a task. So this helps them to channel their energy instead of into screaming and having a tantrum. uh, It helps to channel their energy into a task. For example, you might put them um, on their little craft table and say, right, I want you to string 50 beads onto this string. Or you might put a small puzzle in front of them. Now, I would only use a time in in certain cases because it can seem like a reward, okay? So if, for example, you're trying to teach them to get self-control, 
I think this would be a good consequence. So rather than them just sitting there and thinking about it, because seriously, what kid actually is thinking about their behavior when you send them? I always used to think that, tell my children, go and think about your behavior. They usually are not thinking about it. They just don't like the fact that this consequence came with what they did. But I think that's really handy. Okay. So if maybe you're trying to teach or guide, um, or maybe they're getting a bit frustrated or they're getting angry, I think that a time in is a great idea. So get them to complete a task. And by the way, mums, dads, if they don't finish the task because they get up quick, you know, they get up too soon because they don't want to do it or whatever, then the task starts again, a bit like the whole timer thing. Okay. Number two, turn a tantrum back on them. What do I mean? Well, instead of trying to control the tantrum, go with it, but hear me out, hear me out because I'm not a fan of tantrums. So I used to do this with my kids. I would say, particularly with Liam, great, you can go finish that tantrum in your room and I would like you to cry hard for 10 minutes. So sometimes it's really hard to snap them and break them out of that tantrum. So go with it, turn it on them and make it harder. So that in itself, I'm telling you, it will make a tantrum fizzle. If you are saying to them, okay, you're going to have a tantrum, go into your room. Here's the timer. I want you to not stop crying for 10 minutes. I'm telling you, it will break that little cycle and they will stop in a heartbeat. I remember once telling Liam, this actually worked really well. He was having a cry about something like he usually was. And so I said to him, okay, well, bud, you can go finish your tantrum in front of the mirror in the bathroom. And honestly, when he saw how ridiculous his face looked, he started laughing. And then I could continue to deal with his behavior. Okay, so try that. Number three. Um, now, this, these, by the way, these are not all consequences for bad behavior. They can be for anything. Okay, so number three fits into this one. Try putting one of their toys in jail. Yes. What do I mean? Okay. If say the poor behavior might be around a toy. Okay. So maybe they didn't clean up their toy or maybe they snatched a toy off of their sibling. Um, Put the toy in jail, although you don't want to punish their sibling though. Maybe put one of their toys in jail, which might just be a clear box where they can see it, but they can't get to it. It's out of reach. And then you say to them, well, you now have to do a chore to get that toy out. Now, this worked a treat. Let me give you an example. When I was teaching, we had this child that came to our school from Romania, and she'd been through terrible, terrible trauma when she came to us. She was nonverbal. She had multiple problems, um, including behavioral as well. And my teaching colleague had a class mouse Yes, I used to have this as well. So uh, we're talking a real live mouse in a cage. That was the class pet. And this little girl from Romania loved this this class mouse so much. And so my, my teaching colleague, as a consequence when she misbehaved, would put a tea towel over the cage so that this little girl could no longer see the mouse. And Honestly, it worked an absolute treat. It worked better than any other punishment. So she would just say to her as she was starting to escalate in a situation, uh, so-and-so, I'm going to come and put, I'm going to cover the mouse. And she'd be like, no, no, don't cover the mouse. And my teaching colleague would put that tea towel over and she would snap out of her behavior. So that really worked. 
All right, number four, use a code word. Now, obviously, your child needs to know what this code word is uh, and, and how this works. But if you're out in public and your child is getting too silly or they're starting to misbehave, rather than embarrassing him or her, use a code word like, hey there, Spider-Man, or um, hey there, princess, whatever your code word is. And they know when they hear you say that code word, that that is their first and last warning to calm down or to stop what they're doing before you take more action. So that's a good one. Number five, turn a tantrum out of doors. Okay. A little bit similar, I guess, to the one where you put them in a room and tell them to cry more. I do remember doing this several times. I do not like loud noises. And like, as you all know, Liam was my tantrum thrower. And so when they have a fit, you say to them very calmly, that behavior is not behavior for inside the house. And so you send them outside and tell them that when they have calmed down, you will let them back in. I have had many a moment of my children crying through the back glass door until they could see it was having no effect. Okay, so don't look at them. Don't talk to them again. Just go, yeah, you want to have a fit? No problem. This is your choice. You stop the fit right now and stay here or you continue your fit outside. And yes, I used to do that and it worked. Number six, I have talked about this before, but I'll remind you again, using a timer can actually be really fun. Now, I have talked about using a timer in timeout, but I want to turn this around to a much more fun way to use a timer. And I used to do this in my classroom when I was a teacher, but firstly, find a fun timer. You can actually look them up online. Just look up um, timers or classroom timers or fun timers. I used to use this bomb bomb timer where it was like this bomb with this long like cord at the end. And as soon as you started the timer, you could choose how much time you put in one minute, two minutes, whatever. And as soon as you hit go, instead of it counting down, the, um, the match would light and the fuse would get shorter and shorter and shorter and shorter and shorter until when the time had ran out, you would hear this, this big explosion noise. And then I would give my kids in my classroom a task to do, and they had to do it before the timer ran out. It turns any task into a bit of fun. You could do this on your phone, could just be a noise timer. Um, but you know, this could be, you've got to scramble to beat the timer. Um, so mum's going to give you two minutes to clean up the lounge room, or I'm going to give you three minutes to go and brush your teeth. So that way it's not always serious, serious, but put a little bit of fun into it. I guarantee they'll love a timer or you might find an actual physical timer that, that they love as well. Number seven, use adjusted bedtimes. So each time they do something wrong, they have to go to bed five minutes early for each offense. And that's pretty easy for you just to keep a record of during the day. So, okay, well, that's five minutes early to bed. Oh, second time, that's 10 minutes early. Oh, three time, three times. Gosh, that's 15 minutes early. But alternatively, they can earn it the other way as well. So if they do something good, you wind it backwards um, and they can even go into the opposite where they earn extra time to stay up. So that's a good fun one to do. Number eight, I love this one, noses on knees. This is an alternative to the one that I've already taught you guys about sitting on their hands in the car or wherever you are. Someone asked me the other day, how do I do a timeout when we're out and about? And so sitting on your hands is a good way, but noses on knees is good because it's 
fun. So if they're getting a little bit out of control, it's again, you can make it a bit like a game and go noses on knees and then tell them they have to stay like that for like a minute. So that could be a good alternative. Number nine, for a child who likes to stomp in anger, do any of you have a stomper? I did. I don't even need to tell you which of my children stomped. There's only one of my children that stomped. So what you can do is, okay, you want to stomp? Okie doke. Well, we're going to go outside and I want you to stomp as hard as you can for a whole minute. And you can't stop and, you know, use a timer or two minutes. And once again, when you are making them do something, it just totally breaks the whole point of what they're doing. So they're like, they're doing it to punish you. Now you're doing it to punish them, right? Like they were doing it to punish you and annoy you. Well, now you're getting them to do it more. So you've just put the control back in your hands. Very smart. What about a door slammer? I cannot stand it when people slam doors. We actually, Cameron and I are the same. It was so funny because whenever we go to our family's house, um, some of the other family members' kids would slam doors all the time and Cameron and I would look at each other like we're going to lose our mind because we always taught our kids not to slam the door. Now, this might not be out of anger, okay? This just might be that they just go in and out, in and out, and instead of closing a door properly, they slam it. So this is something Cameron and I did do. If they slam the door, whether out of anger or carelessness, just get them to practice opening and closing it a hundred times. They will soon learn. We did this with our children. Okay, guys, stand there, open and close the doors. I don't think we did a hundred. We probably weren't quite that mean. <laughs> Maybe do 50 and count. And, and an open and a close is one. And then again, open and close two. Get them to do that 50 times. I guarantee you, they will not slam the door ever again. Number 11, have a correction can. I love this. If you are tired of thinking of consequences, just write up a whole bunch of them and put them in a jar labeled the correction can. And if your child misbehaves, they have to choose out of that and do what it says. So that's good because then you don't have to think about consequences all the time. They just need to go to the correction can. Number 12, what do you do with a child who forgets to put things away? Okay, what you do is if you have got a child that you are constantly cleaning up after, you're constantly like, I tell them a million times to pack it up and they don't pack it up. What you can do is you go, no worries, I'll put it away for them. And you put it away somewhere where they can't easily find it. And the next time they want it, of course, they would have forgotten to put it away. So you say to them, oh, oh yes, that car that you wanted, is that what you're looking for? Well, you forgot to put it away, so I've put it away for you. And guess what? You can have it when you can find it. And so, like I said, make it really tricky. I guarantee you they are going to think twice next time and they will put it away themselves because the alternative is you put it away and they can't find it. So try that. Number 13. All right, this is for when they won't stop making a racket. Now, my boys used to wrestle all the time and it drove me nuts. But again, it wasn't really naughty. I just didn't want them to wrestle upstairs in the lounge where it annoyed everyone else. It annoyed me and I didn't want them to break anything. So when my boys would do that, I would say to them, you know what, you can wrestle, but go take it downstairs. My downstairs lounge has like got carpet and it's kind of away from me and it's not noisy. So that kind of helped. But if you've got kids that just won't stop making a racket, try this. Sit them down 
and make them listen to a nursery rhyme on repeat for 10 minutes. There was, there was a mum put that suggestion in. I was like, that is gold. Especially if you've got like, I don't know, 10, 11 or 12 year olds, cause they're so beyond nursery rhymes. So just say, okay, guys, no worries. You're going to make a racket. Come and sit here and I'll make a racket and make it really loud. And that might remind them to stop it. Number 14, have you got a child that's always a latecomer to the dinner table? All right. What you can do with that rather than nagging and nagging and nagging, you just call out once, hey, everyone, fam, dinner's on. And if there is someone who is a straggler who is a latecomer, they then either have to be the server or they have to clean up everyone else's dish, like whatever you want to do, just give them a consequence around either serving or cleaning up. Number 15, I feel like I could almost stop and do the rest later. No, let's keep going. Number 15, for kids who won't clean up after their pet. Okay, have you got a dog in your backyard? Guys, this is a thing. Cameron used to always say that we can have a dog if the kids cleaned up the poop. And of course, do you think the kids ever cleaned up the poop? No. And what did Cameron do? He was ranting and raving nearly every day about the kids not picking up the poop. But this dad came up with this one, and I think this is fabulous. If a child won't clean up after the dog, just wait for a couple of days till there's a lot of it in the yard, and then get them to come down to the backyard, take their shoes and socks off, and get them to run through the yard barefoot at a very fast pace. No, I think this is brilliant. They're soon going to learn to pick up the poop guys, especially because they'll probably be stepping in some. So I think that's a fun kind of consequence to remind them. Number 16, for a child who persists in being disrespectful or disobedient, have a job jar. So this is an alternative to the correction can, have a job jar. And if they are persistently being disrespectful or disobedient, they must go to the job jar and choose something out of it, but make sure it is the grossest jobs possible, right? Like cleaning the toilet or cleaning under their bed or cleaning out their wardrobe or scrubbing the shower, just all the yucky jobs that no one wants to do. Number 17, what to do with a child who says, I'm bored, I'm bored. What you do, I, look, do you know what I used to say? I'll give you something to be bored about in a minute. (laughs) Did your parent ever say that to you? I used to say that to my kids. But here's an alternative. Make them sit down and do nothing for 10 minutes. Like put a timer on and go, okay, no problem. You're bored. Sit here for 10 minutes and do nothing. I guarantee you they're going to be like, oh, I thought I was bored before. Now I'm really bored. But then after their 10 minutes is up, Get them to write a list of 10 things they would rather be doing instead of sitting here writing a list. Try that one. Number 18, I love this one. For siblings who bicker, this is the best. I wish I knew of this consequence because my kids did bicker and it used to drive me crazy. Give them cleaning equipment and have them work on each side of the same window and clean it. How good is that? So they have to clean the same window, one on the inside, one on the outside. It is very hard to be angry when you have to clean a window while looking at each other. I think that is gold. They're going to end up giggling and laughing. All right, two more, everyone. Number 19, have a positive consequence reward jar. I love that, a positive consequence reward jar. So if they can go for, I don't know, whatever you want, a couple of hours or a whole day with really good behavior, or they've done something worth recognizing, 
then they get to pick from this jar. I would keep this as a really, really special jar with really special things in it, like they get to stay up late or they get to go to a movie or maybe they you take them for an ice cream, whatever it is that you want um, in, in the um, positive consequence reward jar. And number 20, my last one is this. When your child has done something, um, misbehaved in some way, ask them to set their own consequence. Um, so say to your child, okay, so what if, um, what if I were to ask you, what if you were in my situation, what consequence would you give a child in that situation of what you've just done? And you know what you might be quite surprised at is how honest that they will be. Kids can be actually quite honest when it comes down to it. So ask them what consequence they should have. All right, let me go through those 20 quickly again. You can look, stop right here if you don't want to hear them again, but let me just recap for you. Number one, instead of a time out, try a time in. Number two, turn a tantrum back on them and make them cry harder and longer. Number three, put their toy in jail and they have to uh, do a chore to earn it out. Number four, use a code word in public to, as a warning. Number five, turn the tantrum out of doors, literally. Number six, use a timer in a fun way. Number seven, adjust their bedtimes by making them go to bed five minutes early or giving them five minutes extra. Number eight, noses on knees. Number nine, if a child likes to stomp in anger, get them to go outside and stomp as hard as they can for a whole minute or more. Number 10, if you have a door slammer, get them to practice opening and closing a door a hundred times. Number 11, have a correction can where they can go and pick out a correction if you're tired of thinking of, if you're tired of thinking of consequences. Number 12, for a child who forgets to put things away, you put something away for them where they probably can't find it. Number 13, for a child that won't stop making a racket, make them sit down and listen to nursery rhymes really loud on repeat for 10 minutes. Number 14, for a latecomer to the table, they have to be either the server or clean everyone's dishes up. Number 15, for the kids who won't clean up after their dog, make them run through the yard bare feet. Number 16, for a child who persists in being disrespectful, have a job jar that they have to choose from. Number 17, children who say I'm bored, make them actually sit to do nothing for 10 minutes and then write a list of what they'd rather be doing. Number 18, for siblings who bicker, get them to clean the same window on opposite sides. Number 19, have a positive consequence reward jar. And number 20, ask your child. There you go. I hope that's helped you to also kind of remember that training and correcting and disciplining can be fun. And it can make your household a whole heap more enjoyable. It can make parenting a lot more enjoyable as well. So if you've got an idea of something that you do that works, come along to my uh, social media, girlnextdoor.podcast and um, comment on the, on the actual, you know, so everyone can see it and then we can have a bit of fun with it. That'd be great. Guys, I love you very much. For those of you who are in Melbourne, I'm doing the parenting seminar at Faith Christian Church on Saturday. Um, so if you're listening to this in real time, and you're there, I will see you there. Otherwise, for everyone else, I will be back with you on Wednesday. Until then, have a good one.